slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us here for this episode, and what a game for the New York Islanders. A hat trick for Matt Barzal, an 8-4 win over the Washington Capitals. We'll break down the outstanding play of Barzal. We'll talk about what went right in this game, and we'll preview this weekend's game against the Philadelphia Flyers, all of it. Very, very important. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app and join me Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So, a big win for the New York Islanders. We talked about this yesterday before the game got started, that the Islanders, it was a pivotal game. If they won it, They were even in points with the Washington Capitals. If they lost it, they were four points back, and the Capitals had that game in hand. And I have to say that it was a tough start to the game in the sense that the Islanders came out, gave up a goal very early in this contest, and after the fact that, you know, the Islanders were outscored 6-0, in the first period, in the last three games that they played, you sort of start to say, "Uh uh-oh, here we go again. And, you know, when Carlson scores just a minute into the game, 101 to be exact, you know, you start to worry. But the Islanders bounce back and bounce back quickly. And I will say that it was the play of the top line that really got the job done for the Islanders. And you look at the numbers from this game for the top line. Matthew Barzal, three goals, two assists, five points. Leo Komarov with an assist, while Jordan Eberle had two goals and an assist for a three-point night for him. And, you know, as far as Barzal goes, you got to look at it this way. Matthew Barzal is an elite talent in this league, and he scored three goals in that game last night, and one of them was more spectacular than the next. The first goal, a end-to-end rush, an end-to-end rush where he used his speed, literally faked out four of the five skaters on the ice for Washington, or beat them to the spot and then roofed the puck just under the crossbar and scored the goal, and it just took your breath away. That was an outstanding goal. The second goal for Matthew Barzal was sort of a spinorama, where he had to sort of rotate his entire body to put home the rebound. That goal, his second of the game, 
not quite as spectacular as the first, but boy, did it show his agility, his anticipation, and his ability to hold on to the puck despite being closely covered by uh, an opposing player. And then the third goal, which came in the closing minutes and basically clinched the hat trick for him, uh, that was batted out of midair almost like a baseball swing, and that was sort of apropos on opening day of the baseball season. And that completes the hat trick. You add the two assists for Matthew Barzal. Eight shots on goal in this game for Barzi. And this game showcased why Matthew Barzal is a special talent. And just what this kid is capable of doing. And at the end of the day, you know, you look at a game like this. First of all, it refutes that adage, oh, the Islanders can't score highlight real goals. Well, Matthew Barzal scored three of them in the game last night. Second of all, uh, it just demonstrates that Matthew Barzal is one of those few players in the National Hockey League, and there are a handful of them at any given time, that if you're a, a fan of another team and you want to see a great player come in, someone who's going to wow you and get you out of your seat, a guy who's worth the price of admission, as the old expression goes, you can point to Matthew Barzal and what he did in this game last night and show why he is, without question, a member of that very limited club of players that you just absolutely will pay money to see and not be upset about it. Three goals, Five points, a plus five, eight shots on goal, all in a day's work for Matthew Barzal. And you just got to give him all the credit in the world. Now, I always want to give credit where credit is due. And I don't hesitate to criticize players when they play poorly or make a mistake. But at the same time, you always want to praise those same players when they play well. And I have to give a lot of praise after last night's game to Uncle Leo, Leo Komarov. He is not the long-term solution on the first line. No question about that. But last night, he made some beautiful passes and really played an outstanding game, complimenting Barzal and Eberly. He only picked up one assist, but at the same time, a plus four. And just the way he was getting into the flow of playing with Eberly and Barzal and contributing offensively while still adding that, you know, intangible grit kind of an element that he brings to the game. That really was a great showing. So to me, I'll criticize a player when they don't play well. I'll praise them when they do. Uncle Leo deserves praise after the game last night. And the Islanders really, you know, they needed to get off to a quick start. They give up that first goal quickly, a minute in. And again, it's resiliency. They didn't get discouraged. They didn't uh, give up. And they bounced back quickly and took control of this hockey game. 
in some ways, this was not a great Islanders-style game. I'm sure Barry Trotz is going to speak to his team and say, hey, can't give up four goals in a game like that. Can't give up as many chances as we did. But eight goals in one game. Eberly playing very well. And Bailey, quietly, with a goal and two assists. And uh, you know what? As a result of this game, you get the feeling that the battle is going to be on in the race for first place in the East Division. Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders going to fight this one out to the end. And it should be a thrilling finish in the East Division this year. All right, we've got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We will have more about last night's game and, and what was important about it. We have a full preview of Saturday's game at the Coliseum against the Flyers. Another big divisional game. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, the football season may be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and they're starting to get to the finish line as far as, you know, the the race for the playoffs is concerned. College basketball, we got the Final Four this weekend for both the men and the women, and now Major League Baseball is back, so there are plenty of things to wager on, and Bet Online even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's absolutely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. So, the New York Islanders now dead even with the Washington Capitals, although the Caps do still have a game in hand. couple of little notes from last night's game. First of all, the Islanders do get a very important piece of the puzzle back in the lineup, and that is Noah Dobson. Dobson had missed in the last uh, few games as a result of being in the league's COVID protocol. No surprise, he didn't get as much ice time as the other defensemen, only 13 minutes and 45 seconds, as the Islanders sort of ease him back into the lineup, and uh, Dobson a plus one in this game, but relatively quiet overall game for Noah Dobson. Andy Green and Ryan Pulak each a plus three for the Islanders, and uh, Scotty Mayfield with two assists in this game, and uh, he played pretty well. As far as the Islanders were concerned, uh, you know, I had mentioned uh, the other day on the show that Ross Johnston may be a good player to have in that lineup against a team like the Washington Capitals. And Johnston, you know, he played almost 11 minutes. Uh, You know, 
didn't hurt the team out there, had credited with two hits in this game and a block shot. And at the end of the game, when things started to get rough and the Capitals really tried to, you know, intimidate the Islanders a little bit late, uh, realistically, having Ross Johnston on the ice was a very good thing. And, you know, he and Garnett Hathaway had words with a minute six left in the game. And you knew that the Capitals were upset and things were going to get rough. And having Ross Johnston out there at the time was very helpful. And you add to the fact that at the end of the game, Zdeno Chara, all six foot nine of him, went out there and was jawing with Matt Martin, and then they actually dropped the gloves. You know, kudos to Matt Martin, because it is not easy to to go toe-to-toe with a six-foot-nine-inch Zdeno Chara, who is strong and big and has such a large reach, and yet Martin stood up for the Islanders. You could see things were getting tense at the end of that game, And Martin, you know, he took some pretty hard shots from Z, but he did hold his own. And, you know, you need guys who are willing to do that in the game of hockey. And one thing that I definitely noticed out there was that the Islanders certainly uh, were getting under the Capitals' skin. And the Capitals were frustrated by giving up eight goals and playing you know, as poorly as they played for large parts of the game, at the end of the day, this, there are still four more meetings between the Islanders and the Capitals in the last 20 games or so that we have left in this season. Rest assured that the Islanders and the Capitals will be facing off, uh, and it's going to get pretty tense out there. And, Quite honestly, I think that we will see more of Ross Johnston on the ice the next time the Islanders and the Capitals meet, and it's not that far off if you look at the schedule. But, yeah, these teams, you know, they met in the playoffs last year. That gets the bad blood going. The Islanders uh, and Capitals really sort of uh, getting angry at each other and, and not not exactly uh, seeing eye to eye, as they say. Meanwhile, you know, you got to give credit to the Islanders. They held Alexander Ovechkin to two shots on goal and just one assist in this game. And Tom Wilson, who has so often been a thorn in the Islanders' side when these two teams get together, Tom Wilson was a minus three in this game, the only Washington player who was there. So I liked the idea of getting a little bit more physical component in the lineup against a team like Washington, who has a guy like Zdeno Chara, who is so big, who has physical forwards like TJ Oshi and Tom Wilson, uh, who are out there, uh, you know, to protect Alexander Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and Evgeny Kuznetsov and all those guys. So the Islanders were able to deal with that grit and basically take care of things and not get intimidated 
by the Washington Capitals. And look, this is 2021. I understand these is, this is not the slap shot era. There are, you know, not as many fights in the NHL as there used to be, and intimidation is not as big a part of the game as it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. But there are times when you need Ross Johnston out there, and there are times when you need Matt Martin to stand up against Zdeno Chara, and this team answered the call last night, and that, to me, is a positive team-building cohesiveness kind of a factor, and I'll say this, I would expect the next time these two teams meet that there will be more tension and more things going on between them. Don't forget, by the way, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, you got a question, a comment, a topic you'd like to discuss, feel free to email the show, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I also do live tweet on my Twitter handle, Uh, almost every Islanders game, so I'll give you instant insight and analysis, and always happy to interact with fans during games. We've got more to get to on today's show. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a preview of Saturday's game against the Flyers at the Coliseum. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. And Built Bar is an amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar, and they give you 100% chocolate on all bars. But now, it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. Yes, it's Built Bar Madness, and we have reached the championship. The last two finalists, Cookie Dough Chunk against Coconut Brownie Chunk. Who will be crowned the greatest tasting built bar ever. I got to go with cookie dough chunk. If given the choice between those two flavors, uh, it beat out cookies and cream, which is my favorite, but cookie dough chunk is up there, but it's really up to you. Go to builtbar.com or on Twitter, go to at built underscore bar to place your vote. And remember, use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check out to see who will be named the best-tasting protein bar ever. Islander fans, be a waiver-wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So it's time for our Islanders birthday of the day, and we are very much uh, looking forward to this one. Want to wish a very happy uh, 46th birthday to former Islanders forward Sean Bates, the Melrose, Massachusetts native drafted by his hometown Boston Bruins in the fourth round of the 1993 NHL entry draft, played four years at Boston University before joining the Bruins during the 97-98 season, came over to the Islanders in 2001-2002 and stayed with the team 
through 2007-2008, which was his last season in the NHL. Finished up a couple of years in Europe and one year in the AHL in 2009-2010. For his career, Bates, a steady performer as a two-way forward, 72 goals and 198 points in 465 career NHL games, 29 playoff contests for uh, Bates, three goals and seven points in those. We're going to go back and look at one of Sean Bates's better games with the Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum, December 18th, 2001, Islanders hosting the Edmonton Oilers. Former Islander Tommy Sallow is the goalie for Edmonton, while the Isles counter with Ozzie, Chris Osgood. Islanders draw first blood. Mark Parrish gets his 18th from Michael Pekka and Roman Hammerlick at 622. After one period, it's 1-0 Islanders. But the Oilers bounce back, tying things up in the second period. Jason Chimera, his first from Yane Ninema and Todd Marchant at 7.35. It's a 1-1 hockey game. But less than three minutes later, Sean Bates answers for the Islanders. Bates gets his eighth of the year from Marco Kiprasov and Dick Tarnstrom. After 40 minutes, it was 2-1 Islanders. In the third, the Islanders only add to their lead. Marius Tchaikovsky is 11th from Mark Parrish and Roman Hammerlick. And then... A shorthanded goal with Dave Scatchard in the box for roughing. Sean Bates, his ninth of the year, second of the game. Michael Pekka, the assist. Islanders skate away with a 4-1 to win. 30 saves for Chris Osgood in this game. Meanwhile, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Sean Bates. Two goals in this one, including the game winner. He also had four shots, which tied him for the team lead in that game with Adrian O'Coin and Jason Blake. So for Bates, one of his uh, better offensive games with the Islanders and the steady and solid two-way forward, uh, we wish him a very happy 46th birthday. His birthday is actually Saturday this weekend, and we wish him many, many happy more. Meanwhile, for the New York Islanders, up next, the Philadelphia Flyers. And this is going to be uh, one heck of a matchup. The Flyers in fifth place right now. They're only three points behind the Bruins in the race for that fourth and final playoff spot in the East Division. But I have to admit it, the Flyers have not been playing good hockey as of late. And, you know, their last game was postponed. They were supposed to face the Devils uh, on Thursday. That game was postponed. They lost to the Buffalo Sabres 6-1. to And that broke Buffalo's really, really long losing streak. So Philadelphia, especially defensively, has been struggling as of late. Right now they are ranked 30th out of the 31 teams in the league in goals against. Their goals scored, their 12th in the league, kind of, you know, toward the top, a little above average, but defensively, that's where they have problems. Again, 30th out of 31 teams in goals against, and 28th on the PK. So the Islanders' power play should be able to find some success against Philadelphia. Carter Hart and Brian Elliott are 
the two goaltenders, Carter Hart has been struggling. His goals against average for the year, a little bit north of 4, 4.04, and his save percentage just 869. Elliott's save percentage, not much better at 888. You're not going to win a lot of hockey games when your goalie cannot stop the puck. So, uh, James Van Riemsdyk is right now the Flyers' leading scorer with 31 points. He has 13 goals, which places him second on the team behind Joel Farabee, who has 14. Uh, then you have Kevin Hayes with 11, Sean Couturier with 10, and Claude Giroux with 9. If we look at the Flyers' lineup, and this is a team that has a lot of offensive talent, but defensively they're struggling, and they just don't seem all that organized. Sean Couturier centers the top line with Claude Giroux and Jakub Voracek on his wings. Kevin Hayes is the second-line center with Van Riemsdyk and Travis Konecki on either side of him. Scott Lawton with Michael Roffel and Nicholas Aubé. Kubel is the third line, and Connor Bunneman centers the fourth line with Carson Turinsky and Joel Farabee on either side of him. Ivan Provorov and Justin Braun are the top defensive pairing with Travis Sanheim and Philip Myers on the second pair. Samuel Morin and Eric Gustafson make up the third pair. But uh, right now, this team is hurting. Robert Hag, Morgan Frost, uh, both still on the IR. But the goalies, Elliott and Hart, both been struggling badly. And I'll tell you, if the Islanders can get up early and scored a goal or two in the first period, they may be able to really get that self-doubt that has to be plaguing the Philadelphia Flyers right now, and maybe the Flyers will, uh, you know, implode, basically. But Islanders have to keep playing their game. They've got to tighten up defensively and play better than they did against the Capitals defensively. But boy, that offense looked good in the Offense should continue to shine, should have plenty of opportunities against a Philadelphia Flyers team that is struggling defensively. So we will watch that game on Saturday night at the Coliseum, and of course I'll be live tweeting during that contest as well. Islanders right now in a three-way tie for first place with Washington and Pittsburgh, although Washington has a game in hand on both teams, but I'll tell you, it's going to be a heck of a race down the stretch, and we'll be bringing you updates and all the inside information on the Islanders every Monday through Friday right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. That's going to do it for this episode. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!